In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is teaching a large group of people, and he's telling them who he is. In the beginning of the chapter, he says, I tell you the truth. And then later on, he says, I am the gate. He says, I am the good shepherd. And says it again in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. And so Jesus is telling the people who he is. He says, this is who I am. He says, I am the Messiah that's come. You can't make it to heaven unless you come through me. And listen to how the people respond, at least some of them. Verse 19, at these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? Hmm. Why listen to him? Jesus says, I tell you the truth. This is who I am. And the divided people said, why do we listen to him? There was a, a little girl, and she was playing in the kitchen one day, and her mother came in and began to do the dishes, and she asked the little girl, honey, could you help me with the dishes? And the mom continued to wash and looked over, and the little girl never even budged. She just kept on playing. And so the mom, thinking that the little girl didn't hear her, she said again, told the girl, come and help me with the dishes. And again, the little girl just ignored her mother and just kept playing, showed, showed no sign that she heard her mom, just kept playing. And finally, the mother said, didn't you hear me? I said, come and help me. And the little girl responded, oh, I heard you. I'm just not listening to you. Now, this morning during breakfast time, we were talking about being punished by our parents. Um, how many of your mothers would have let that slide? Um, I, I could promise you, uh, I, I said no to my mom one time, and she didn't have to discipline me. I thought my dad was at work, and he morphed in the doorway. I swear he wasn't there. Yeah, I learned my lesson real quick. You, you listen to mama, right, everybody? Everyone in here should be nodding their heads. Yes, you listen to mama. Mama knows best. Mama knows what she's talking about, and you listen to mama. However, the, the question is, how many times have we acted like this little girl? We hear it, but are we listening? And then the question is, why should we listen? You see, in our passage of Scripture this morning, we see people, they, they could not ignore what Jesus was saying. Jesus, he was speaking some powerful things here, and, and he couldn't be ignored. And so the question that I present to you this morning is the question that was actually put to the followers of Christ. And, and the question that was presented was presented by the unbelieving Jews. These, the, 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 the people that presented this question, they, they, they were really curious as to why had, they were really divided, okay? They, they were split in two groups. You had the believers and the unbelievers. And they wanted to know that the unbelievers were looking at the believers and said, why listen to him? Because this goes against what we were taught. This goes against everything that we believe. Why do I listen to him? Why, why are you listening to him? 
And have we ever asked ourselves that question? Why listen to him? You see, Jesus had just completed one of the most profound statements found in the Bible. I am the shepherd. I am the gate. No one comes in unless they're coming through me. He likened himself as the door to eternal life. He says, you can't, you can't come to heaven unless you come through me. He says, no one comes with the Father unless they come through me. And that, that's powerful, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is saying, look, I am the way. He said that anyone who would come through him would be saved, but anyone who tried to come another way, if you try to come another way, he says, you are like a thief and a robber. You do not belong there. It's one way. It's one way to eternal life, Jesus says, and it's through me. You see, he had it's, it's really interesting when, when you read the way Jesus would talk to people because Jesus spoke in such a way that it showed zero tolerance. J Jesus didn't care if it hurt your feelings. Tell your neighbor, say, Jesus don't care if it hurt your feelings. He, he doesn't. He, you might be like, well, th those words kind of hurt. Jesus, he didn't care. He, was, he says, I tell you the truth. Jesus didn't care if it hurt your feelings. So he, he showed zero tolerance. He had, in a very distinct way, he told the listeners that there was no other way to heaven except one. One way, and that is through him. If you try to come another way, you're like a robber. You're getting booted. You're getting kicked out. One way. So there's no alternatives, no other way possible. Either come to heaven through him or not at all. And that kind of belief back then, it, it wasn't tolerated. I mean, look, look go, go back to verse, go, I think it's verse 19 and verse 20. Go, go there and look at what they said. They said, this man was demon-possessed. I mean, he was, he was speaking such radical words that they said, this man has to be demon-possessed because this goes against our teaching. Why are we listening to him? This goes against everything that we've been taught. Why are we listening to him? And honestly, this kind of belief actually isn't tolerated today either. Is it? I mean, people want to believe that they can do everything, be everything, be whoever they want. And there's all kinds of ways to have it. And today, people are calling for a worldwide cooperation among all faiths to lay down their individual beliefs in a spirit of unity. You're not allowed to believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, they said. And if you believe that way, then we'll just cancel you. We'll shut you up. Don't you ever preach that. And as we see here, the same was true in Jesus' day. Because when he presented the truth to the people in his day, it created division. You see, we, we are terrified of division. We are so scared of it that, 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 that what we're seeing is the modern church is becoming just like the world because we're afraid to offend somebody. Jesus didn't care. Jesus presented the truth to us, and when, when Jesus spoke, I, I know this, this sounds odd, but he created division. He said, you got two groups, and there's only two groups. You got the unbelievers and the believers, and there's no other options. Ladies and gentlemen, that creates division, and, and when, when we create division, it terrifies us. Oh, we can't ruffle feathers. We got, we got to be tolerant. No, we can't offend that person. Jesus didn't care. Jesus said, I got truth I got to tell you. 
if it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. I got, I got to speak the truth, he said. You see, Jesus wouldn't have fared very well in the modern day movement of tolerance and everyone agreeing with everyone or you get canceled. What Jesus taught brought division. He says, you're either a believer that comes through me or you're an unbeliever who's a thief and a robber. It's the only, which side are you on? We can't, the, the church cannot ride this fence of, oh, only come to Jesus, but we'll tolerate you. Now, I'm not saying don't, don't be in love. We're going we're gonna to see this in just a second about how Jesus still spoke with grace and love and mercy. Don't, don't mistake my words. We shouldn't shun these people. But he created division. You have believers and unbelievers. And he said there's only one way, and that is through him. And our text this morning is a question that is asked by, by those who do not accept and follow Christ's ministry and teachings. And it's directed toward those who have accepted and follow. And the question stands, ladies and gentlemen, why listen to him? In other words, we leave here today. We go out to the parking lot. Someone comes up to you directly. And we're not talking about coming to the pastor. We're not talking about coming to the board members. We're talking about coming to the church, which is you. And they say, why do you listen? Why are you a Christian today? How many of us have an answer? How many of us can actually give a testament, actually give an answer to why I believe? How many of us are actually willing to step up and say, this is why I believe, this is the truth, and this is the only way? Without the fear of offending somebody. Why listen to him, ladies and gentlemen? And so what I want to do this morning is I want to give you an answer. Now, I don't believe that this sermon is going to be a complete answer. I don't believe that at all. Um, I only know so much. <laughs> I, I, I wish I knew everything. I wish I could stand here and say I was perfect and I knew everything. However, I don't. But what I'm going to give you is, is, is an answer that I've noticed, an answer that we see here throughout the Gospels, okay? So this answer is not complete. You can write it down and go home and try to complete it yourself. Give yourself room to make more notes when you go home so you can say, okay, this is the answer the pastor gave. Now I want to add to this, all right? So, so why believe? Why, why, why listen to him? Well, the people that heard him said this, for the words that he spoke. Why listen to him? Well, for the words that he spoke. Well, pastor, that doesn't make any sense. Well, let, let me break it down to you, okay? In John chapter 7, it says this, so there was a division. There, there it is again, all right? We see it in John 10. Now we also see it in John 7. There was division among the people because of him. Now, some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said, why have you not brought him? The officers answered, because no one has spoke like this man. No one has ever taught like this man. There is something different about him. Isn't that something, ladies and gentlemen? That these officers who were, who were charged, I mean, they, they had a job to do. They were, they were told, you have to go and do this. They came back and said, I, I can't do it. I said, well, why not? Because of the way this man speaks. There's so much truth that flows through him. The words that he spoke, it's, it's like nobody else. And so how did he speak? What, what was so different about his words compared to everyone else? Well, number one is this. The words that he spoke, number one, is he spoke with authority. That, that there is powerful. If you, if you go to Matthew chapter 7, I believe it's verse 29, it says, He taught them as one having authority. 
If you, if you listen and really read the Gospels, and if you have the red letter, you'll be able to see when Jesus is talking, right, without trying to, trying to guess. But if you really see it and you read the words of Jesus, you will see that there was, there was power behind those words. There was, there was authority. He spoke with confidence, and the people heard him, and they understood that he was not guessing about the things that he spoke about. You see, the, 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 the scribes and the rabbis, sometimes they would just kind of guess about what they were talking about, but not Jesus. Jesus never guessed what he was talking about. So he spoke with authority. You see, the, these educated leaders of the Jewish religion, they would, they would never speak on their own authority. They would always say, well, rabbi so-and-so said this, and they, they would never tell people with confidence what they, what they personally seen from, from their study of Scripture. They would always just kind of be guessing in or going about, like, this is what this person said. But Jesus would get up front, and he'd say, I'm going to speak out of my own authority. And he would speak with confidence, and there was power behind him. And that's attractive, isn't it? Seeing someone speak with confidence, speak about what they, what they know, I, for instance, you wouldn't take plumbing advice from your heart doctor, would you? Right? Because more often, I mean, don't get me wrong, surgeons are very smart people, but, but who do you want to hear plumbing advice from? A plumber, right? An expert. You, you, you don't want somebody who, who's just going to be guessing about it. And in the same way, when you're going to heart surgery, you, you want a plumber? Nah, you, you don't want somebody guessing, do you? You, you want someone that was going to walk up to you with some authority, with some confidence and say, I'm going to take care of your heart. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Not, I'm going to sit there with a YouTube clip and figure it out as I go. I'm going to cut you open and just kind of hope for the best. What do you want? You want someone with authority, right? This is how we are going to take care of your heart. This is what we're going to do. In the same way, you're not going to want a surgeon to go underneath your house when you have a water leak, are you? Well, it's leaking. Don't know how to fix it, but we'll figure it out, right? No, what are you going to do? You're going to call the expert. You're going to call the person that has authority, right? Well, when Jesus was speaking, people were listening to him because he was speaking with authority. And why do we know that Jesus had the authority? Well, he was the author and the finisher of our faith, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ has all the authority. And so let me ask you again, are you listening to him? You see, it wasn't Jesus, it was, it was Jesus' intentions to give the people truth, not to appease them, by allowing them to stay in their lost state. He was teaching them with authority. He says, I want you to know how you can be saved, and this is how you do it. And he had confidence with it. And so he, why, why listen to him? Well, for the words that he spoke, he spoke with authority. And the second thing is this, he spoke with graciousness. He had grace in his words. And, and that there, that's appealing, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to Luke chapter 4, verse 22, it says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Now, now, when you, when you read through scripture, um, especially the gospels and hear Jesus talk, Jesus did call people vipers, right? And, and he told them that, that they were of their, their father, the devil. And, and we also remember when he was talking to one of his disciples, what, what did he say? Get behind me, Satan, right? Yeah. He said, he, he, looked at, he looked at one of his disciples and said, you, you get behind me. He called, he called his disciple, the guy that he called to follow him, said, you're Satan, get behind me. I mean, does that sound very gracious? I mean, that sounds kind of harsh, right? But, but understand, we got we to gotta know what that word graciousness means. It means having divine influence and benefit on the heart. Graciousness is divine influence and benefit on the heart. 
In other words, what he said helped people. It, it might not have felt good for Peter to be called Satan, but it needed to be said. It might not have tickled their ears to be called vipers, but they needed to be called out because it needed correction. You see, oftentimes when, when the truth hurts us, we say, that offends me, don't say it again. How dare you expect me to change? But Jesus says, you got to have a heart change. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to come through me. He says, I need to change you. I need to work on you. I need to develop you. I need to help you. I need to heal you. And until that happens, you can't come through me. You see, the graciousness, we, we, we take grace as just somebody that's very tender and very loving. And, but what we forget is sometimes you got to have that hard love. And Jesus was willing to say it. He says, this has got to change. You can't keep doing this over and over. And it, you know what the definition of insanity is, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's insanity, and Jesus says, I'm, I'm, I'm being gracious to you, but the words that I speak, they may not always be comfortable, but you need to hear them because I'm here to help you. I'm here to heal you. See, sometimes that change, it, it hurts. That healing process hurts sometimes. You see, when that wound heals, if, you, if you've ever experienced a wound, sometimes it, it's more painful watching it heal, Right? Me, me and my wife last night, we were watching a, a video on trauma care and to stop a bullet wound in, in, in a limb, especially when it hits a major artery, you got to put a tourniquet on. If anyone ever had a tourniquet, you'll hear people say the tourniquet hurts worse than the bullet wound itself. But guess what happens if you don't put that tourniquet on? You're going to die. And Jesus said, I got words that I need you to hear. They may not be comfortable, but I'm here to help you. I'm here to heal you. That is what it means by he spoke with graciousness. Now, there were times when he spoke gently, but he said, look, I'm here to help you and heal you, and here's the truth. And ladies and gentlemen, the truth isn't always pleasant. Sometimes it's hard to hear. The words that he spoke, he spoke with authority, spoke with graciousness. And the third thing of this one is he spoke with boldness. Jesus just said it. That's all I have to say about that one is Jesus didn't care. He got up and said, I'm going to boldly say what I need to say. If you go to John 7 again, verse 26, here he is speaking publicly, and they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities concluded that he is the Christ? In other words, he got up there with authority, with graciousness, and said, look, here it is. This is what I got to say. He was bold about it. He didn't care. So why listen to him? Well, for the words that he spoke. He spoke with authority, graciousness, and boldness. The second thing, why listen to him? Well, for the power that he demonstrated. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there is so much power in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you've experienced that power, you know what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen on that? Right? The, Jesus spoke with power. And, and, and in, this, in this context, what I'm referring to, though, about the power they demonstrated is the miracles that Jesus did while on earth. Because in, in this context, in the Gospels, I mean, he is, he is performing miracles. I mean, multitudes had seen Jesus do almost every type of miracle that we can imagine. I mean, if you go through the Gospels, he turned water to wine. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf. Uh, he made the lame man walk. He, he raised people from the dead. Demons were cast out. He walked on water and he calmed the storm. Hallelujah, right? And still to this day, we see miracles. However, Many people miss the point of the miracles that he did. They miss the point of it. And, and the same is true for us. Oftentimes, too often, people miss the point. 
They had missed the point of the miracle of feeding them with so little. And, and instead of seeing the miracles that Jesus, seeing through the miracles that Jesus was God in flesh and, and worthy to be followed because he is God, they followed him simply because they thought he can make my life easier. They were missing the point of his power. They said, if I follow him, my life will be easier. Therefore, I want to follow him. That's not why Jesus came, ladies and gentlemen. The power that he brings is the power to bring people back to life, meaning the power to bring them out of their sin. Scripture says you were dead in your transgressions. You were dead. And Jesus came to bring us back to life. The power that Jesus demonstrates is the power that brings lost souls back to him. The power to make disciples. And so let me warn you this morning that if your only interest is in, in Christ is that he will solve all of your earthly problems, you're missing the point. They were following him by the multitudes because they thought he could just make their life easier. Well, let me tell you something. It's not always about being easy. The real use of the power of Jesus is to rescue lost souls going to hell and to help those who are saved to be the Christians they should be. Don't miss the point, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to stop. I, I think I preached a sermon on this. Stop asking for easy. It's not always easy. I, I wish I could tell you when you became a Christian, it's going to be easy. But the power that he demonstrates, the power to conquer the grave and overcome death, that's the power that he demonstrated. And we can't miss that point, ladies and gentlemen. We have to remember why Jesus came and why did he come to bring us back to the Father. And sometimes that's a hard road because we do live in a fallen and cursed world. And when we say, I'm a Christian, look, it divided the Jewish Christians back then. It divided the people back then. And when you become a Christian, listen to me, you are going to offend people. But the power that he demonstrated isn't about making our life easy. It's about saving us. So why listen to him? Well, because of the words he spoke and the power that he demonstrated. And the third thing is this. I want to end on a really positive note. Can I do that? It's for the hope that he brought. Amen, church. Why listen to him? Because of the hope that he brings. You have hope. Do you know that when everything is said and done and you boil Christ's life work to its ultimate purpose, Christ came to bring us that's why he came. Everything that Jesus has given and done and promised can all be wrapped up in one word, hope. That's why we listen to him. Now, some of their hope, if you, if you read through scriptures we just talked about, some of their hope was misplaced, right? They were just trying to look for easy, but what the people really saw in Christ was hope. They had hope that he would do a miracle for them. They had hope that he would set up his kingdom and conquer the Romans. They had hope that they could sit on his right and his left in, in, in heaven in glory. But as we know, Christ did not promise us a soft life. He didn't promise that, right? The disciples, they had given up their occupations to follow Christ around the country, living in, in whosoever home would invite them to stay. And they had to live in fear for their lives as the one, Jesus Christ, that they were following soon became a wanted man by the Pharisees. He never said your life was going to be easy. Interestingly, I think it's about 10 of them, maybe more. If you, if, you, if, you, if you look at the disciples' lives, roughly 10 of them became martyrs, meaning they were killed for following Jesus. Who are we to ask for easy? When those who followed Jesus himself, who walked with God in flesh, 
We're martyred. Who are we to think that we are so entitled we deserve easy? It's not about easy, ladies and gentlemen. It's about the hope that he brings. You see, why did they listen to him knowing that that was a possibility? Well, hope. That's why they listened to him. I know my life may not be easy here on earth, but I have hope of a life that is so much better than this. It's, it's worth suffering anything to obtain. Hope of escape from a judgment of sin. When you and I become a Christian, it may not look easy here, but you and I are not going to have to face the judgment of sin. Hallelujah to that, right? Because you want to talk about living hard, it's been an eternity in hell. There's no escape from that. It may not be easy right here, but we have the hope of an eternity spent in glory with our Father. Amen? And a hope of a life that is eternal rather than the one that is fleeting. The most significant difference between Christians and unbelievers is one thing, and that is hope. The Christian has hope and the unbeliever does not. Now, hope is so valuable a commodity that anyone who possesses it would suffer anything to keep it. And I'm here to tell you this morning that only Jesus Christ can offer it that hope. Listen, as we come to a close this morning, there are many people in my life that I can afford to ignore. And I'm sure in your life, as you think or think about the people in your life, you might be able to have that checklist. I can ignore you, you, and you. But there's one person in our life that we can't afford to ignore. And that is our God in heaven, the one Jesus Christ. And so why listen to him? Or maybe I can rephrase it this morning. Why be a Christian? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I, like I said, this list is not finished, I guess is what we can say. But the three things that I can say is why I listen to him? Well, because of the words that he speaks, because of the power that he demonstrates, and because of the hope that he gives. As Pastor Amber and Margot come to lead us in a closing song, I want to ask you this. How about you? I'm not going to ask again why listen to him. I want to close with this question. Are you listening to him? Are we listening to him? Or are we acting like that little girl in the kitchen? I hear you, just not listening. Ladies and gentlemen, where are you at? Are we listening? Stand your feet with us again.
Father, Lord, how powerful you are, how merciful and graceful you are. And Lord, this morning we are listening. And Lord, as we leave here, I pray, Lord, that you give us soft hearts to be able to hear you more. Help us, Lord, to quit ignoring. Help us to be open to hear your words in our lives. And Father, as we leave here today and as we go into our time of fellowship, Lord, I pray that you just let it be a time of joy and celebration of love and help us, Lord, just to come together in unity and love. It's your glorious name that we pray this. And everybody said it. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys, and I'll see you over in the fellowship hall.